I'd like us to do a sitting now, which I'll guide, that goes through these different categories, some different categories, some more. Um, and then we can do some walking and then come back and do um, another sitting and have some time for questions. So as you sit, try to sit comfortably. Remember that there's no way in the world you can squeeze your mind down tight enough to hold on to the object of meditation and not have your mind wander. It will wander. There's no doubt about it. The real art of the practice happens in the moment you've realized it's been quite some time since you last said a metaphrase or or felt your breath or whatever it is. You know, that's the moment when we practice the gentleness of letting go and uh, some compassion for ourselves, some forgiveness for ourselves, and realize that we can begin again. We need to begin again. That's what's, what's really critical. And so if you find yourself lost a lot, it's okay. It's genuinely okay. You know, practice letting go and coming back. Let your attention settle. See what phrases emerge that are really meaningful for you. It may be a phrase, it may be just a word. direct that toward yourself, wishing for your happiness, your safety, your well-being. Let your attention gather toward just one phrase. You don't have to worry about trying to create a feeling or making anything special happen. Just gather all your attention behind that one phrase. That's the planting of the seed in the ground. And then the next phrase.
Bring to mind somebody who might be a benefactor for you, someone you respect, you're inspired by, you're grateful for. If someone like that comes to mind, get an image of them, you can say their name to yourself, get a feeling for their presence, and offer the phrases of loving kindness to them. If no one comes to mind, it's fine. You can just stay with yourself. Think of a friend who's enjoying good fortune right now, success, happiness. They may not be perfectly happy, but in at least one aspect of their life, things are going well. If someone like that comes to mind, bring them here. Offer the phrases of loving kindness to them. And think of a friend who's having a difficult time right now, who's afraid or experiencing sorrow or some difficulty. Bring them here. Offer the phrases of loving kindness to them. You can get an image of them, say their name to yourself, get a feeling for their presence.
and then everybody here. May we live in safety, be happy, be healthy, live with ease, or whatever phrases you've been using. Let's walk for about 20 minutes and then we'll come back here and do another sitting. So we'll do this uh, last sitting, have a little bit of time for questions, and then um, I'll be here if any of you are there, (laughs) if any of you want me to sign books, and um, then we'll go. Uh, bring this energy out into the world <laughs> in, in some way. Uh, people often ask about how to do this kind of practice at home if you choose to. And what we usually say is that it's good to begin the sitting with the offering of loving kindness to yourself and to end it with the extension of loving kindness to all beings everywhere. And what you do in the middle is really up to you. You may not have time to do yourself and a benefactor and two friends and a neutral person, a difficult person and uh, all beings and so on. So you, you would really choose depending on what's happening in your life. But those are kind of the bookends is the offering of loving kindness to yourself and the offering of loving kindness to all beings. And so in each of these sittings, I've been kind of doing a variation of different possibilities of ways you can get 
from one to the other. And so in this sitting, I'd like to do that as well. Um, the offering of loving kindness to ourselves, then to somebody we care about a great deal, either a benefactor or a friend, then to a neutral person, if you have one. Um, often we say in a situation like this, you know, maybe there's somebody here that you didn't know before and that you feel um, neutral toward <laughs> rather than judgmental of. <laughs> Having, having seen them. So that would work. Or if it's not anybody here, then somebody in your life that does play a role of some kind. Um, dry cleaner, you know, checkout person at the supermarket, something like that. And then the next classical category of beings is somebody you find difficult. And here, the principle of doing the practice in the easiest way possible really comes to bear. You're not, one is not encouraged to right off the bat choose the most um, difficult person, the person who has hurt you the most in this life, who has behaved so horrifically in the course of history that it's almost unthinkable um, to have a sense of, of connection to them. You're meant to start out with somebody you feel a little annoyed with or um, a little bit of irritation or a little bit of fear something that has you pull away. Um, because the purpose of the practice, you know, is not to try to force something that isn't, isn't real, but to really play with different ways of using our attention and see what happens. Um, it's not that one never faces that challenge, but there, there are kind of reasonable building blocks to that. And one of that, um, one of those creative extensions is to understand sometimes even with a mildly difficult person, it's too difficult. And so what we sometimes suggest is placing yourself up there with them in your mind's eye so that you're in effect saying, may we be happy. Because sometimes the difficulty comes from the tendency to um, defer completely to someone else's needs and to forget about taking care of oneself and in, in a reactive fear about that, we just don't want to um, wish them well. And so to balance that out, sometimes we do that. Or sometimes it's just too hard and then we say, well, just go back to yourself. It's okay. You know, and so there are lots of ways of, of working with that, that edge. So in this sitting, I'll just um, time it in such a way so that we're moving through these different Categories, And if you feel like it's too fast and you're not ready to move, it's fine. You know, you can, you can stay with yourself. You can stay with the benefactor, whatever it is that, that feels right to you. So once again, we'll begin with ourselves.
And then somebody you care about a great deal, either a benefactor or a friend, bring them here. Offer the phrases of loving kindness to them. And then a neutral person, if you have one that comes to mind. You may not know their name, but you can get a feeling for their presence and offer the phrases of loving kindness to them. a mildly difficult person 
if you have one. Bring them here. They may already be here. (laughs) Bring them to mind. Remember that this is also a time in the practice you can be very creative. Maybe you need to place yourself there with them and be saying, may we be happy. The texts say, imagine if there's a way that this person could call out to your heart in a way. Imagine them as a very young child, as an infant, vulnerable to conditions. Imagine them dying. Not, of course, with glee, but (laughs) with the recognition that This is what we share after all the turmoil and the rivalries and the jealousies. This is what happens. Can we let go of all that and wish someone well? And then everybody here.
and all beings everywhere. May all beings, known and unknown, near and far, live in safety, be happy, be healthy, live with ease. So do you have any uh, last questions? This day went by like 10 seconds, yeah. I'm interested in propagating sympathetic joy because it does seem the most difficult. And I'm wondering, what's the proximate cause for sympathetic joy? And is there anything more you can say about it? And if there's anything you can recommend? Um, The question was about the cultivation of sympathetic joy. there is a specific practice for sympathetic joy. Um, the proximate cause is being able to see happiness. It's actually being able to perceive happiness. And then um, there are kind of psychological conditions that make it come much more easily. One is being able to rejoice in our own happiness, actually to be in touch with it. It's that sense of inner strength um, or inner abundance one is a sense of gratitude or contentment with what we have. Um, uh, it's uh, also helped by um, easing the grip of fear, you know, the sense of, of deprivation. 
that can also be done through metta practice. You know, so all these practices kind of support one another. Um, in terms of reading, you know, when I wrote Loving Kindness, it has it has chap- a chapter on compassion meditation, a chapter on sympathetic drawing, a chapter on equanimity, and you can actually get the practices from from that. Um, and often metta is used as a kind of base practice or foundation practice because the others are very similar. They're just changes in the wording of the phrases and they're changing uh, changes in the um, sequence to try to go along with the idea of doing it in the easiest way possible. So uh, if you do metta pretty thoroughly, you will be able to then do sympathetic joy quite easily in terms of the practice, whether you find it easy to you know, cultivate or not. Sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. Mostly it isn't. Um, and that's when compassion really comes into play. You know, if you also have a confidence in how to do compassion practice, then that really is the entree. Because inevitably, you know, we hear about somebody's success and there is that feeling of, uh-oh. Um, you know, as though if they were failing, we would be better off. Um, you know, but it does. It, it comes up. And, and to take a moment and to pause and to, and to remember, okay, this person suffers too, and to to extend some compassion toward them, then the sympathetic joy will come more easily. So so really it's practicing like all of them, which will help any one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The comment was about finding um, herself in dialogue with a difficult person. I imagine uh, kind of telling them how they might improve, <laughs> you know, which is usually the case, um, and then realizing that and coming back to the metta. And it's very common that's that's really how it goes. You know, we find ourselves um, doing one thing or another, either chastising them or being angry at them or being angry at ourselves or being angry at them or, or you know, making recommendations for uh, their improvement, and then we come back. And, and it's that continual movement. That's why what's so important in the practice is that you not feel discouraged, you know, as though your mind shouldn't have done that. You know, because so much of the development of the practice is the development of that ability to start over. You know, we're there, we're fine, we're minding our own business, everything is together, and then we're gone, you know, in one way or another. It's just going to happen that way for everybody. You know, and you realize that and you come back. You know, but we can be so um, critical toward ourselves, you know, and say, oh, well, I didn't do it right because my mind did this or that. And, you know, really, we don't have to have to do that. Um, when doing loving kindness with uh, difficult people, um, I've learned that by being loving kindness to people with difficult, negative aspects they have, it always will make a change. And yet I had a spiritual teacher while back um, mentioning that when you give love to people like that, now being an energy can intensify the negative part of that. Mm-hmm. I just want to know if that experience, you have experience like that? Um, the question was about kind of the energetic effect of offering love to somebody that you have difficulty with and whether it can actually intensify the difficulty or, or make a change. And I think actually there's... Um, on one level, there's no knowing. You know, it's not um, 
Um, that's why the giving really needs to be without conditions. I don't think that in the normal course of events, um, if you send love to a difficult person, it's going to intensify their negativity. I think in uh, maybe in the specific case like of a teacher-student relationship where somebody is actually um, consciously looking at their own problems and their own situation, that sometimes those very negativities are highlighted in either through our own practice and the loving relationship with ourself or in the love that we might get from the teacher or the community. But that's not a problem. You know, it feels like a problem because it's not what we think should be happening, but it's not um, that we are actually getting worse. You know, so for example, with my first teacher, a man named Goenka, um, um, because I went to India when I was uh, very young, I was just 18, and I wasn't very psychologically sophisticated. I knew I was suffering a lot, and that's why I went. Um, but I didn't really know the nature of my mind, and everything was shocking. You know, it was so disturbing for me to look within. And um, I went up to Goenka at one point in a state of tremendous accusation, and I said, I never used to be an angry person before I started meditating, <laughs> which, of course, was not true. Um, but I had never really seen it before. You know, so in, in one way, one could say that the negative energy had gotten stronger, and it probably had, but that wasn't so bad. You know, because it was in the intensification of the feeling and the kind of honesty and um, clarity with which I was looking that I could see that it was there. The delusion was that it was his fault, you know, <laughs> um, or that it was it was new, which it really wasn't. And and that just took some time for me to understand that these were tendencies that were very very strong in me um, that I had not been aware of. You know, so I can imagine in that situation, but I think in the ordinary course of events. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, and that, that's what makes it, um, that's in a way, it's what makes it an act of faith just to make that offering. And, yeah. In a given practice period, um, is it a good idea to spend more time on fewer people rather than <laughs> trying to fit in everybody that you think might be loving kindness at that moment? Um, I think in a given practice period, it's probably a good idea to spend more time on fewer people uh, just for the sake of your concentration. And you'll feel the rhythm that works for you. And if you leave somebody out, there's always another practice period. <laughs> Is there any way of knowing whether we are making a difference? In the world? Uh, the question was, is there any way of knowing if we are making a difference? Um, well, you know, the way the practice is taught uh, traditionally, like in Burma, the primary and fundamental difference which we can know is in terms of ourselves. It's in terms of the field of motivations from which we come. And motive in the um, Buddhist psychology is an extremely important component of an action. 
because that's where the juice really is. You know, it's like the very same action, like my reaching down and handing somebody this book um, could be born of many, many different things inside of me. You know, I could be giving you the book um, because you have a book I want, and I think, hey, you know, I'll give you this book and you'll give me that one, or because I'm in front of a room full of people and I want everyone to think I'm really generous, or because I like you and I want you to have the book, or um, because I lost a bet with somebody, you know, and I have to give I mean, who knows? You know, all anyone can see externally is someone's hand moving down and moving an object forward. But the motivation, the intention, the heart space giving rise to it, that's where the real energy is. That's what distinguishes one giving of a book from another giving of a book. Um, and so uh, the practices, especially the four Brahma Viharas, are said to transform our field of motivation so that if we, in general, have come from a place of fear uh, over time, in general, we will come from a place of love. That's what happens, and it does happen. I mean, that's something we can see. But, you know, you can't see it like every hour, which is our problem. It's like, oh, well, you know, like, you know, how, how, how much have I improved? You know, it takes time to, to kind of see that flow. And then in terms of making a difference for others, you know, um, the other way the practice is taught is that it really is an energy, that it can make a difference. It can um, create an environment. Um, it can create an environment that isn't dependent on time and space as we know it, you know, for that impact. Um, and as to knowing that that happens, you know, getting reassurance or, or getting a, a comment, sometimes it happens. Um, but again, you know, in my experience, the freest thing is to understand the, the nature of equanimity because sometimes, you know, we can be so impatient um, and we want our results so quickly and sometimes it's a long time. Um, you know, people often say, well, you know, you said that thing in 1992 <laughs> To me, you know, you said that thing in 1992 and uh, I didn't get it, you know, it meant nothing to me. Um, and four years later, you know, I was having surgery and suddenly, you know, I thought, oh, look at that. You know, that makes sense now or something, you know, there's just, um, there's so many instances like that. And so... Um, at the same time, I, I do believe it can make a difference in the world. I believe it does make a difference in the world, um, energetically and in terms of, of how people behave. But we can't have that kind of attachment because we'll, you know, we'll spend our entire lives kind of being impatient and evaluating and feeling distressed and like we failed. And, you know, life's just a little more mysterious than that. So I think we need to stop. Um, and I just, uh, you can come up and ask me your question when you're done. And then I'll be in the back signing books. And um, I just want to thank you all for coming and say how happy I am this place exists. And I hope that you um, get a lot of benefit from it and are able to come here a lot and practice and, and support it. So thank you. Thank you.